Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. We are continuing our series on hope. Today is our last week in our series Made for Hope. And before we get too far into it, I want to do a recap which is just going over what we've talked about previously. You know, any TV show worth its salt that has like an ongoing storyline, they always have a recap, don't they? When you turn it on, you're like, oh, I don't know what happened three weeks ago. They say, don't worry. We're going to tell you all about what you missed. And we've already, this is actually our sixth week talking about hope. So I'm going to take a few minutes. And we're just going to go back over some of the stuff we talked about so that it can be fresh in your spirit while I speak this morning. And you can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. So the first week we talked, I preached. And um, we talked about how there was hope. I preached to you an encouraging message. It wasn't very uh, teachy. It was more preachy. And I talked to you about in Jeremiah 31, verse 17, uh, the Bible, it says, there is hope for your future, the Lord is saying. And I talked to you that day about God saying to you, there is hope for your future. You may not feel like there's hope in your circumstances. You may not feel like whatever it is you're going through, that you're the only person in the world that's dealing with this and there's no hope for what you're dealing with. But in, in Jeremiah, he says, there is hope for your future. And I had all the lights turned down low. And I said, even this dark place with all the lights off, and we turned on one little pinprick of light, and you could see that pinprick in all the darkness. And we talked about how it doesn't matter what the circumstances looked like. doesn't matter how overwhelming they were to you, that God would always come through for you, that he's always got hope for you. And I said this to you, and I say it again, that even if you don't have hope in yourself, I want you to know that God still has hope for you. So you may have given up, but God hasn't given up, and he still has that hope in you. The next week, Jen talked about hope is a healer, and we had an amazing time. I don't know if you remember this, but at the end of the service, we had people flooding this altar, and people were being prayed for. They were being set free. There was, there was walls coming down. There was chains being broken off, and people were being healed and restored because hope is a healer. Can I get an Amen. Then the week after that, we talked about what is hope. And we said, what is hope? We talked about what hope actually was. And this definition of hope we have on the screen here, it says this. Hope is? It's coming. It's coming. Wait for it. Here it comes. I'll just tell you. Hope is this. It's a desire for something that causes us to act and the expectation that our hope will come to pass. That's what hope is. What? Oh, hey, there you, there you go. The expectation that our hope will come to pass. Hope is different than a wish because a wish has some kind of this may happen. I, I wish this would happen to me. I don't know if it will, but this is my wish. But a hope has an expectation that what you're hoping in will come to pass. The week after that, we talked about crushing hopelessness. 
And we talked about how a lot of people deal with crushing hopelessness in their life, where they are crushed under the waves of hopelessness that wash over them again and again and again, pounding you into the ground, pounding you into the sand, pounding you into the surf, and you feel like you can't deal with it. And we talked about how do you crush that hopelessness in your life? How do you deal when you're feeling hopeless? How do you get out of that funk? Has anybody ever been in a place where you felt completely hopeless? And you didn't know what to do. And you didn't know how to get out of it. We talked about how you find yourself in that place. And we talked about how John says that Satan is the father of all lies in John chapter 8. And I told you that most hopelessness began because you believed a lie that somebody said to you. Somebody said something to you, they said something about you, and you, whether it, was, whether it was a human person or whether it was the devil himself because he's the father of lies, you believed that lie, you embraced it, you allowed it in your heart, you allowed it in your mind, and it began to form who you were, and then hopelessness began to grow because you believed that lie. Now, what do you do, I said, when you get to that place where you're believing that lie, you're not sure how to get out of there anymore. We looked at Psalm chapter um, 43 verse 5 in the Passion Translation, which was so good, and it said this. It says, it says something. We're going to look at it in a second. Here it comes. The anticipation is. It says hope, yeah, we hope it's coming. <laughs> It talks about speaking to your soul. Psalm 43.5 in the New King James says this, Why so downcast, O my soul? But in the Passion Translation, it says, it actually says, Speak to your soul. And I talked to you about you having to speak to your soul. And I said that your soul was your mind and your will and your emotions. And there are times in your life when your emotions will speak to you super loud. And you're not sure what to do and you're not sure how to get over it. And they are screaming at you saying, this is the way that I feel and this should be the right thing. But the word of God says, you've got to speak to your soul and say those things that you're saying to me right now, those emotions, those feelings I have, they're not necessarily true. And in fact, you need to line yourself up to the word of God they're just strolling around looking for a place to go so I talked about speaking to your soul and then we went to Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 and we talked about this and I love this scripture because a lot of us find ourselves in this place and let's read through this together. And it says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines, and even though the olive crops fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. What he's saying in this scripture is even though all these terrible things are happening, even though my car gets broken into, even though I come outside and I'm fixing my car up from getting broken into and I'm getting a ticket because I parked in the wrong place, and even after that, even after that, I come outside from a birthday party and my car's getting towed, what's going to happen? Yet I will praise the Lord. And yes, that example was far too, ex far too specific to be made up, wasn't it? 
Even though all these things happen, yet I will praise the Lord. And you can say to yourself, you can speak to your soul, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, whatever thoughts you find going through your mind, whatever feel you find yourself dealing with, you can say this, even though this, that, and the other, yet I will rejoice and yet I will praise in the Lord. Last week, we had an amazing, we had our five for five message. And that was, we had five of you up here sharing for five minutes each. And we had Jessica, we had Chad, we had Amanda, we had uh, Ken, and then we had uh, Tasha. And they all shared about what hope meant to them. They all shared about what hope looked like in their lives. And they all brought such different uh, thoughts and ideas. But it was amazing. I loved how... Uh, um, Jessica prayed. She gets up here and she's like, I'm going to read a prayer over you that a friend prayed over me. And she just said, she just took the, took the reins and said, I want you guys to close your eyes and I'm going to pray this over you and I want you to receive it. And I want you to just let the Holy Spirit wash over you. And Chad gets up and I tell you what, Chad needs to preach sometime, doesn't he? Right now, he's roaming around the stage, but maybe soon, one day, he'll just be up here preaching, roaming around the stage like I am. And then Amanda got up and said, listen, my life has been a mess until somebody invited me to an outreach, and I went, and I gave my life to Christ, and I have hope in my life now. Ken talked about, and I love Ken was so practical. He talked about who he was, and he works on boats, and then he began to talk about, listen, this is how I see hope in my life, and I can talk about anchors because I understand anchors, and then Tasha gets up and shares about how she has been believing God for 18 years to have a kid. And they saw that hope come to fruition just this past, like, September, right? And she's been hanging on, both her and Jeremy have been hanging on for 18 years, hanging on, hoping and trusting in this promise because hope says, I know this will come to pass. And today we're going to talk about living in the land of hope. Living in the land of hope because this is the thing. I believe... That God wants each and every one of us to live in the land of hope. A lot of us at different times in our life, we set up camp in lands of depression. We find ourselves in the land of suicide. We find ourselves in the land of anger. We find ourselves in the, in the valley of messed up relationships and messed up marriages, and we find ourselves in uh, the plains of crazy kids, and we just begin to set up camp and live there. But I want to tell you today that God wants us, God's plan, God's purpose, God's desire for you is for you to live in the land of hope. He doesn't want you just to pass through. He doesn't want you to visit the land of hope like we visit Disneyland. Don't you love Disneyland? I love Disneyland. Marlene was saying she just went to Disneyland. And I said, oh, I love Disneyland. Doesn't it just make you happy at Disneyland? You walk through those gates and everything's just perfect. 
The flowers are perfect. It's like they control the weather at Disneyland. There's no trash anywhere. It's an amazing place. God doesn't want you to live in the land of hope like you visit Disneyland. He wants you, you go to, you go to Disneyland, you stay there for one day, two day, three day. Maybe if you're crazy, you stay there for a week if you're in Florida. But then you always go home. Nobody lives at Disneyland. But God wants you to live in the land of hope. And I want you to hear this today. And I want you to believe it. And I want you to receive it. And open your heart up. And say, wait a second. God really does want me to live in the land of hope. We looked at all kinds of scriptures over the last five weeks. Talking about the hope that God has for you. Jeremiah also says, I know the plans that I have for you. To give you a future and a hope. Psalms talks about how God wrote the days of your life in the palm of your hand, which means he thought about you. Before Dave was ever born, before Dave's dad was ever born, before Dave's dad's 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 daddy dad's dad's dad was born, God was thinking about Dave writing out the days of his life, scripting them in the palm of his hand. Because God has a hope for you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And he wants you to live in that land of hope. And just like he said to the Israelites, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. We don't want to live in the land of lack. We don't want to live in the land of despair. We don't want to live in the land of hopelessness. We want to live in the land of hope. Has anybody here ever gone camping? Wave your hands up in the air if you've gone camping. How many of you just love camping? I'm putting my hand down because I do not love. I think I would love, one, one year when I was like, uh, I must have been like 12 or 13, my parents, we had a, a family in the church that had an RV, and they let us take their RV, and we went, we went um, RVing. And I loved that. That was amazing. But one year, Jen decided that she wanted, Jen hadn't, camped much did you camp much growing I don't know what story are you talking about <laughs> Jen camped a lot right that's right yes so <clears throat> all the time I knew Jen she had never camped wasn't a big camper wasn't into the camping scene but when we got married and we had kids and I think Sydney must have been like nine-ish and Josiah was probably around five or six. Just Jen decided that we should all go camping and experience the joy and splendor of what she had when, when she was growing up. And so we all went camping. And it was, it was hot. It wasn't, it wasn't like you see on movies and TV shows. We didn't have, like, all the camping equipment to make it the best thing ever. We didn't have, like, the little toaster thing that goes over the fire. We didn't have, like, we just slept on the ground in the tent. And I slept on an angle, and I think my feet were higher than my head, and I'm pretty sure there was a massive rock in my left shoulder that still affects me to this day. But we've all had camping experiences, haven't we? Mm -hmm, we have. So open your Bibles if you got them. And let's go to Acts chapter 2, and I want to share with you a scripture. Today we're talking about living in the land of hope and that God wants us to live there. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, God wants me to live in the land of hope. In Acts chapter 22, 
is where we see that the Holy Spirit has just fallen. Everybody in the city hears these people making noise and speaking other languages, and they come to come find out what's going on. They think everybody's drunk. And so Peter gets up, and he begins to address them and say, this is what's going on. This is what's taking place. And starting in verse 22, Peter says, People of Israel, listen to me. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of the lawless Gentiles. You nailed him to a cross and killed him, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Isn't that a great phrase? Death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I won't be shaken for he's right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. My body rests in hope. It is a good one. For you'll not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You've shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Then Peter goes on and he explains. He says, now listen, you know this as well as I do. He says, King David's not talking about himself because we have his tomb right over there. He says, King David was a prophet, and he was speaking about Jesus. Now I want to read this to you from the message translation. Because it says it just a little bit different. Now, I don't personally really get down with the message translation. I find that it's a little uh, too colorful. Which is okay. I like to read it sometimes. And I really like how it says this in this translation. So let's put that up in the message translation. And we'll start in verse 25, I think. And I want to read this with you. That's the new living, so let's keep going to the message. He's going to find it. He'll find it. I have hope and faith in him. There we go. No, that's new living. Keep going. It's a good thing my son is there helping him, and they're both chuckling. There we go. All right. This is halfway through the verse. Can you back it up one slide? David said it all. I saw God before me all the time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out. I'm ecstatic. Next slide. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. Now listen. These guys are up here camping, and what do you do when you're camping? What do you do when you're on a journey? You come to the end, you find where you want to stay, you find where you decide you want to be, and you pitch your tent. And you don't pitch your tent until you find the place you want to be, until you find the place you're going to stay. And King David is speaking, prophesying over Jesus, prophesying for Jesus. And he said, I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. Now listen, in the Old Testament, when they pitched their tent, it was the equivalent of building a house. 
It was a big deal. That's why you see when Jacob was out and he was running away from his brother and trying to get away, and you see that story where he's sleeping with his head on a rock. It's because they were in a hurry and they weren't pitching tent because they weren't staying there. You pitch your tent where you're going to live. You say, this is my home. I'm staying here. I'm living here. This is where I'm living. And Jesus said, I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. Meaning that this is where I'm going to stay. I'm sticking my stakes in the ground, and we're hanging out here. So hopelessness, hit the road. Valley of despair, I'm not coming to see you no more. Shame and anger and hatred, you can close those neighborhoods down. You can bulldoze my house that I built there because I ain't coming back to it. I have pitched my tent in the land of hope. You pitch your tent and you set up camp and you make camp where you're staying. These guys have been up here. You saw them. They were strolling around trying to find the right place. Where do I want to go? They came and they set up their tent. They're looking through binoculars. This is where they're staying. This is where they're living. This is their home. And I want to say to you today that the land of hope is your home. Yeah. So many of us live in other places, and God is trying to say to us, listen, I don't know how many of you at different times have come to either me or Jen and said to us that this series on hope has been setting you free, that this series on hope, talking about hope, has done something inside of you where it's taking off chains or being broken, walls are coming down, where people are being set free, where things that you dealt with in your life are beginning to crumble. Because we are living in the land of hope. We've been walking through a journey. We've been traveling. We've been moving forward. We've been going through a transition. And I want to tell you, we are living in the land of hope. We are pitching our tent in the land of hope. This is where we're coming. Look at when he says, go back up one more slide, Jade. Like Go backwards to the beginning of this. This is how you know that you're in the land of hope. This is what you can expect in the land of hope. And this is a good expectation. He says this, I saw God before me all the time. Mm, Wait a second, let's think about that. If you see God before you all the time, that means that everywhere you look, God is before you. So if I'm looking over here, God's before me. Turn over here, God's before me. Look this way, God before me. Look behind me, God before me. I saw God before me all the time. That is the land of hope. God is with you every step of the way. So it doesn't matter what you're looking at in the natural. God is there right there with you. I saw God before me. That's the land of hope. The land of hope, you ain't on your own no more. You're in the land of hope, and God is there before you all the time. It says, nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. When you know that God is right beside you, when you know that he's there, that He's whatever you're walking through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing in your life, and you know that God is right there, and you see him before your face, then nothing can shake you because it doesn't matter. Hank stood up today and testified about being healed from cancer, being set free. That cancer was gone. How awesome is that? That's living in the land of hope. 
That's living in the land of hope. Like I'm facing cancer in the face. It's looking right at me. But you know what I see? I see God. And because I see God, it doesn't matter what that doctor says to me because I'm looking at God. And the Bible says that I was made in his image and there is no death and disease in God, is there? And the Bible says that by his stripes on the cross, I am the healed. So I'm looking at God. I'm not looking at the doctor. I'm really excited. Jason's like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. Hope is something that the world needs. Hope is lost in the world. We have to fight for hope. We have to fight to hang on to hope. We have to, we have to find ourselves in the world. We have to find ourselves when we see circumstances in our life. We have to see God in front of us. And when you're living in the land of hope, God is always in front of you. He's always right there beside you. Nothing can shake you because God is there. And you say, Jake, you don't know my life. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know the hurts and the pains and the frustrations that I deal with. You're right, I don't, but God does. And he is right there with you wanting to walk through those, bringing you into the land of hope, out of the land of hopelessness. And you could be sitting here today saying, there is no hope in my life. And God says, there is hope. There's hope for your life. There's hope for your future. There's hope for you. All you have to do is pick up your stakes and move out of the land of hopelessness and move into the land of hope. We believe so much in this message of hope. Hope for you, hope for us, hope for our family, hope for people outside of these four walls, hope for the city of Abbotsford, hope for the province of British Columbia, hope for the Fraser Valley, hope for Canada. We believe, listen, Matthew chapter 12, verse 21 says what? It says that his name is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. We believe so strongly that we are pitching our tent in the land of hope. We've told you uh, many times that we are going into a new season. We're going in a new direction. We're stepping into the things that God is calling us to do. And God is calling us to branch out of our four walls and to begin to bring this message that we have received to the city, to the world, to your family, to your friends, because you have received something from him, and now it's on us to take that and give it away to other people. We believe so strongly in that, that we are pitching our tent in the land of hope. And because we believe that so strongly, we are officially changing our church name. <laughs> let me tell you what we're changing our church name to. This has nothing to do. Let me, let me tell you a story. Five weeks ago, this is something that God has been talking to me and Jen for a while about. And we've been wrestling with it, trying to find the right time, trying to hear the voice of God and say, when do you want to do this? How do you want us to do this? It's not about being cool. It's not about, oh, this is our church now. We've talked to pastors Blake and Adrian. We've talked to others of you. This has nothing to do with any of those things other than obeying the voice of God 
Five weeks ago, I told you, I think, I think it was five weeks ago, I told you that me and Jen had been at church service the previous night. It was Saturday night. And a man that I had never met before in my life began ministering and speaking, and he preached. And at the end of his message, he said, is it okay if I just begin to, I feel like there's some things that God put in my heart while I was speaking, and I need to share them. And he said, is it okay if I just begin to share those and, and give these words to people? And the, the pastor there said, yeah, of course, please go ahead. And so he said, uh, McGrews, he's like, I think he called us the McGrew crew. He's like, because all four of us were there. And um, he's like, I just, I just see you guys talking about names. And he said, I see you talking about logos and trying to figure out how to do this and when to do this and if you should do this. And here's what he said. He said, I want you to know by the Spirit of God that this isn't something that you're doing on your own power. That it isn't something that you're trying to do. That, that this isn't your idea. That this isn't your plan. That it's not your purpose. He said, this is my plan. This is my purpose. Because your church is stepping into a new day and a new season. And this is significant to the bigger calling that we are moving into to reach the lost. So we're changing our name. And we're changing our church name to Hope City Church. Because we're pitching our tent in the land of hope. Because we believe that the lost and the people that don't know Jesus, the people that aren't here today, need hope. They need what you have. I could see some of your faces right now. I wish you guys could see some of your faces. But let me just say this. This has nothing to do with old, new. This has nothing to do with Blake and Adrian, Jake and Jen. Because we are working hard. We are working hard to make this one cohesive transition where everybody has a place, like Adrian was ministering by the Spirit today, where everybody can belong, where everybody can grow. All this is is an indicator of what God is wanting to do. And if you think about it, it's actually quite humbling and quite, quite, quite exciting where God would say, I want you to change who people identify with you as because we're moving you into a new season. And you say, well, what does a name change even matter? Well, let me ask you this. What does a name even matter? It's how people identify with you. If all we had was things called a store and a restaurant and go to the travel location, you wouldn't know what you were doing. If you were looking for a pizza joint and all you saw was restaurant, you'd have to keep going into each one saying, is this, do you serve pizza? No. This, clearly we sell kebabs. Oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. Leave. Is this a pizza joint? No. We do donairs. Oh my gosh. Get out of our store. So sorry to bother you. Close the door. Is this, no, get out of here. We use names so people know who we are and what we're about. We are intentionally keeping the word connect in some of our things like connect group, connect Sunday. We're hanging on to those things. We're keeping that heritage. We're keeping that legacy because those things are important. It's important to connect with each other. It's important to connect with new people. It's important to connect with old people. It's important to do all those connections. We're hanging on to those things. But when we change our name to Hope City, 
We are telling people who don't know us that we have hope. And if you don't have hope, come talk to us. And we will share with you how to find hope. We will share with you what the hope is for your life and how to get there. How to leave the land of hopelessness and come and pitch your tent in the land of hope. So you don't have to deal with those things you dealt with anymore. Let me explain this really simple logo to you. The first thing about it is it's an arrow pointing up. Points up because up is always an indication of hope. We always look up. Keep your eyes up. Keep your head up. Keep looking up. There's hope coming from above. Just look up. Don't look down. Keep looking up because up is always a picture of hope. I love the idea of arrows because you could turn those arrows sideways and it's about connecting with one another, reaching out, finding people, going out to the world, going out to the lost, and you could put those arrows pointing down and they could refer to being rooted in the ground and having a strong foundation. There's three of them on purpose. Because three is a symbolic number in the Bible, isn't it? We see right off the bat, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see that Jesus said when he was going into heaven, he said, go into all the world. What did he say? Go to Judea, Samaria, and all the nations, all the world. There's three there again, isn't there? And then we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the chapter that we call the chapter of love. Talks about all these gifts. Then he says, these are all going to fade away, but three will remain. Faith, hope, and love. We're moving forward. We're stepping into what God's called us to do. We're stepping into this new season. It's exciting. It is exciting. Because there's people out there that need to know that there is hope for them. That God has hope in them. That they don't have to live hopeless anymore. They don't have to deal with those issues anymore. The anger and the hatred, the self-loathing and the pity, they can leave that all behind. And they can come, sit down, pitch their tent, sit by a fire in the land of hope, and see God always before their face. When you live in the land of hope, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Because God is there. And where God is there, his power, his anointing, and his presence are there. If God's not going, we don't want to go there. We are following where God is leading us. Stand up with me. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a good day. I'm excited about it. And, and, and take some time and think about this, process it. But it's a new day for all of us. And here's what I really love about this as well. This is a, this is a momentous occasion for all of us. For the new and the existing. It's something that we can step into together. It's no more us and them. It's no more, yeah, but we used to. Yeah, but this, yeah, but 
you're doing this, and yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. It's no more of that. This is all of us together taking a step forward into what God is calling us to do. And if we can all join arms and link arms and walk together, we will see the fullness of God begin to manifest itself in our services, in our relationships. And we will see this place begin to fill up. We'll see people streaming in here, being healed, restored, and set free because we have linked arms, because we are unified, because we are one. This is a day of oneness. This is a day of a joining. We've been working through this. We've been processing this. We've had all kinds of conversations. Let me just say this to you. Ten years ago, the Lord spoke something to me that I have not forgotten. And I tell it to people often. And I want to say it to you today. He said this. He said, Jake, in the absence of communication... It's where imaginations flourish. It means when you're not talking, thoughts are taking over. And if you're not asking people about those thoughts you're dealing with, they don't have a chance to respond and clarify or bring understanding. So as we continue to walk through this transition, I encourage you, if you have thoughts, if you have questions, if you don't understand something, all you've got to do is come and ask. I actually am not a scary monster. I'm a pretty nice guy. And I'm really good at listening. And I'll let you say whatever it is that's on your heart. I've got an answer for most things I do. You're not going to catch me off guard. But this is us moving forward in a new day together. And I am quite excited about it. We are Hope City Church. We are bringing hope to the lost. Anything you want to say? Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.